Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. Uh, this is Robert Craig, Executive Director of Citizen Action of Wisconsin, and we're having this call to release a new report that we, we're just releasing right now. Uh, the report is uh, live online at citizenactionwi.org, so you can download it right now. And it is entitled A Tale of Two States, Why Wisconsin's Health Insurance Individual Marketplace Premiums Are Dramatically Higher Than Minnesota. Uh, and my name is Robert Craig. I'm Executive Director of Citizen Action of Wisconsin. I'm the co-author of the report, along with Kevin Kane, our lead uh, organizer at Citizen Action of Wisconsin. And so what we've set out to do in this report is look at Minnesota and Wisconsin, two very similar states that it turns out have dramatically different health insurance rates on the new uh, health insurance exchanges that start on January 1st for people who buy insurance on their own, on the individual market. And so... We do, there were headlines a couple weeks ago that Minnesota's rates came in very low, but there's not much direct comparison to Wisconsin. And we found absolutely dramatic differences. Literally, for aggregate insurance rates on the, for, for a single plan on the exchange, a 79 to 99% difference. So on average, up to an $1,800 difference annually in premiums between Wisconsin and Minnesota. And so you pay a huge price in Wisconsin compared to Minnesota for the same coverage. We're talking about the same levels of coverage, the standard coverages under the Affordable Care Act. Uh, so we set out to try to figure out why that was, and we looked at underlying medical costs, since that's the biggest portion of health insurance costs is obviously medical services themselves and found that they're almost identical in the two states. Wisconsin's are only 3% higher, so they're very close. So that's not an explanation. We looked at other possible explanations that did not check out. We did find two major decisions that Wisconsin made differently than Minnesota in terms of implementation of the Affordable Care Act to explain these differences. And by the way, let me point out these differences are even larger in some metropolitan areas in the state that you're, it's literally 136% higher than the Minnesota average in La Crosse, 116% higher in Eau Claire, 112% higher in Milwaukee, just for example. And even Madison, the lowest cost part of the state, is still 67% higher than uh, Minnesota. So these are very startling differences in premiums just across the border between Minnesota and Wisconsin. The two decisions we found that had a substantial impact, literally were the uh, power of state government, uh, and they re regarded implementation of the Affordable Care Act. One was rejecting the federal Medicaid money, the enhanced money to expand badger care in Wisconsin. The, the states took very different approaches. In Minnesota, they kept their current eligibility levels, which are as high as Wisconsin's are now, so they did not force anyone off their Medicaid program into the exchanges, and they took the expansion money. And so as a result, there are going to be over 200,000 more people in Minnesota's Medicaid program than in Wisconsin. The reason that matters for rates on the exchange is because lower-income people on Medicaid tend to have more health conditions. They're, slight, they're less healthy. And in addition, those who end up signing up for the exchanges are the ones who have health conditions or more likely to because they're more motivated uh, than people who are healthier on Medicaid. And so the result is a health insurance pool with more unhealthy pe people with more health conditions on it, and that, of course, increases rates for everyone. So what that means is a RAND study found an 8 to 10% difference in rates between states, that, if it, whether a state took the money or not for Medicaid. So there's been a lot of discussion about how the state lost state revenue by not taking the Medicaid money for Badger Care, but what's not been discussed is it's actually costing 
everyone who buys health insurance on the exchange um, the extra premium dollars. And so that's one factor. A second factor is rate review. Uh, the Affordable Care Act uh, gave states money to do more rigorous rate review and to find rates excessive, to look at rates that were over 10% increases and to find those that were excessive, to publicize they were excessive. States have the option, based on their state laws or if they want to change their state law, to go even further and actually reject excessive rates. Minnesota's done that. Minnesota literally rejected exchange uh, premium uh, proposals by the insurance industry that weren't justified and made them uh, resubmit. And so they got rates to go down as much as 37% just by having rigorous rate review. In Wisconsin, we are not doing that. In fact, the state of Wisconsin has not even found any rate submissions excessive, let alone attempted to use their authority to, uh, to, to block those rates and cause them to come in lower. And so those two decisions, both about using the tools in the Affordable Care Act, are part of the reason that we have these dramatic differences in costs between Minnesota and Wisconsin. And so we believe that there's a huge difference now between a state like Minnesota that's decided to use the tools of the Affordable Care Act based on this analysis and Wisconsin that's been much more reluctant to do so and, in fact, has been uh, the leaders of state government have been very opposed to the Affordable Care Act and not wanted to use the tools made available, that that's going to, be, that's going to make Wisconsin consumers across the state next year pay a very heavy price in higher premiums. And so we think this report shows that policymakers should work together in Madison to actually use the tools available under national health care reform to try to provide the lowest rates possible to Wisconsin consumers, that health care, health insurance is not a luxury and it's essential and people cannot get ahead and live the American dream without access to affordable coverage. And by Wisconsin, really this is a startling example, two very similar states next to each other geographically and a lot of similarities having vastly different health insurance rates. So it really shows the difference between working with national health care reform and trying to make it work versus not doing so, which is the Wisconsin model. So let me see with that, that's a summary of the report. Uh, let me see, is, is Congressman Moore, have you been able to join the call? I sure have, Dr. Craig, and I think you did a wonderful job uh, outlining uh, your research. I want to thank you and Citizens Act, Citizen Action for uh, really bringing forth this, this evidence. I, I, I think that the downside of your findings, um, the, other than the, uh, the irresponsible actions of Governor Walker, are that I think people in Wisconsin may be discouraged from trying to sign up for health care. You know, when you look at staggering data that show that, uh, you know, the lowest cost plan might be over 100% more. Um, and uh, people would only be pursuing the lowest cost plan because they're already financially stretched. I think that, you know, it, it, it's a PR problem. Uh, given the fact that we didn't really have PR dollars in Wisconsin, just it's unlike Minnesota, number one. And then, again, you pointed out that the uh, governance uh, over this, the, you know, the governor has rejected the leadership position that the rate review boards uh, would have imposed to it's really reject those plans that might have been higher. Um, I guess what I'd like to hear a lot more about, Dr. Craig, is the impact that this is going to have on the 92,000 um, uh, folk who had been served on Badger Care uh, and are now going to be cut off and having been put into the exchanges. Uh, does that have 
uh, does that have an impact on people paying more? Because these are people who didn't, because we rejected the Medicaid spending, are these people who woulda, shoulda, coulda, oughta, mighta received Medicaid that are going to find themselves um, uh, paying uh, greater prices simply because they don't have that option? You know, that's a great question, Congresswoman. And because of the way the Affordable Care Act is structured, and, and, and you were part of all of that and, and remember the, the discussions, it has a very progressive system as far as the uh, tax credits go. So the tax credits are based on your income. And so, in fact, for the very lowest income people, uh, the, the, the federal government's going to pick up the tab for the difference in cost between Wisconsin and Minnesota. So this is going to have an even bigger impact on middle-class folks who either get smaller tax credits or even above the level for tax credits. So, it, so actually the progressive nature of the law in some way protects people from this. But we do have a problem in that Minnesota, for example, kept everyone in their Medicaid program and expanded it. Transitioning all these 92,000 people over is going to be problematic. A lot of people are going to fall between the cracks. And then, of course, People are going to be more likely to do it who have health conditions, and some people are going to not do it. And then, of course, you don't know when you're going to have get sick or you're going to be in an accident, what have you. So there's a stark contrast well, in the state, talking, but fortunately, I, I, I'm, I'm oh, go concerned ahead. about those people uh, who were receiving Badger Care right. and getting it up to 133% of the poverty level, um, and now are going to find themselves on the exchange. Uh, instead of receiving Badger Care, you know our our Medicaid program, um, that population in particular. So you're saying that the tax credits will in fact protect them. It, it, it protects them on the premium, so it helps. Of course, they then have much higher copays and deductibles than they would have had in Medicaid. Right. So there are a lot of concerns about whether this population will be well served. But fortunately, this is a good example of progressive tax policy, not regressive tax policy. The tax credits will mitigate some of the impact on them uh, because it'll, literally the federal government end up paying the difference between the Wisconsin and Minnesota premiums for those folks. Okay. So I want to see if Senator Erpenbach was able to jump on. Okay. So, uh, Congresswoman, are you, are you available if we turn this over to questions to, uh, to, to, to be part of the Q&A as well? Sure. Okay, great. Uh, so, tell me I have to go. Okay, well, let us know. We, we, know, we know how busy it is. Uh, so do people need to push star six, right? Or there are okay. So any any media on the call, uh, go ahead and and, and uh, ask us any question you have about the report. Yeah, this is Marie McCollum with Wisconsin Public Radio. Um, you talked about how certain metro areas in Wisconsin are seeing higher prices than others, like La Crosse, Eau Claire, and Milwaukee. Can you talk about why exactly rates are higher in those areas? Yeah, and this relates, we do and will release again in December an annual report at Citizen Action on healthcare costs in Wisconsin. We found for the last seven years that there are big differentials between different regions of the state. So that's, we've known that, though this provides additional data. And that's because met underlying, a lot of that is because underlying medical costs may be different in different regions of the state or there's different levels of competition between insurance companies. And so Madison has always been the lowest and since we've been doing that annual report, and it also comes out the lowest 
uh, with this data. But what it means is, is that when we say that a plan is 99% more on average in Wisconsin than, than Minnesota, that, that number I gave, that's just an, that's a state average number. It's even worse in some areas just because of what healthcare costs are there and what the insurance market is there. So, as I said, it's 136% lacrosse, 116% more in Eau Claire, uh, 113% more in Superior. I mean, Madison is still 67% more. Fox Valley is 70% more. Green Bay, 75% more. Wausau, 103% more. These are all big numbers, obviously. And so the, the numbers are big all over the state, but they're even bigger in some regions of the state. And so that's something that Madison policymakers should think very carefully about because there is a, you know, there's a that, that's a huge impact on the cost of living and the ability to, to, to get by in this economy. And maybe you outlined this in the report. I still haven't read it yet. But, um, you know, you talk about, obviously, it's about the disparity between Minnesota rates and Wisconsin rates. And here in La Crosse, we have people from Minnesota and Wisconsin using the two medical facilities in town. So people in Minnesota would be paying more for the same exact services at, say, Mayo Clinic than they would a Wisconsin resident or Gunderson. Yeah, we're looking here at the, the, the Minnesota state average, right? So that Minnesota also has differentials in rates within it, right? So the, the part of Minnesota uh, near La Crosse is, is higher than the Minnesota average as well. But the part of Minnesota across from uh, Superior and across from, say, Hudson and the Twin Cities area is a lot cheaper. So it depends upon which part of Minnesota you're talking about. But as we point out, the averages are striking as the state averages. So that, that's, the, that's the one caveat on that. If you're looking at one area and going one side of the border or the other, it depends where you are on the border <laughs> as to what the differential is. Can I jump in and ask a question, Dr. Craig? Sure. When you say costs are higher, uh, and that the state legislature and state policymakers ought to think about this, uh, are we to interpret that as costs are not only higher for uh, consumers in the marketplace, uh, but for um, any sort of Medicaid uh, contributions, uh, not the expansion, but uh, Medicaid enrollees uh, under regular Medicaid? Uh, to government, yeah, or to Medicare, for example, uh, absolutely. But then in addition to businesses and to all, all providers of health coverage, right? Oh, so, there's right. A, yeah. so there's a gap here where you, we've known this for a while based on our other research that there's a real premium to living in a higher cost area for healthcare, like Milwaukee, for example, than living in Madison. And now we know that even Madison is high compared to, to Minnesota. So if we, we like to talk about states, you know, state economies and competing with the states around us. Well, this puts us at a huge disadvantage all the way around. So I think that's a great point. Other questions for, for myself or Congresswoman Moore? Uh, I just have another question, too, Dr. Sure. Craig. Um, you know, <laughs> We're going to have a colloquy. <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, you know, um, I, I, I haven't had a chance to actually see you recently, so I'm sort of catching up. Um, when we when we look at the um, the the budget, the, where at the last minute the uh, Joint Committee on Finance and the Governor put in money for uncompensated care for hospitals, uh, is that going to be adequate to um, to close the gap? 
uh, of those 92,000 people who are going to be uninsured, people who fall through the cracks from our not having uh, expanded, did the Medicaid expansion? No, most uh, people saw it as a stopgap, even the hospitals did, that it, it, it limited some of their costs for uncompensated care, not all of it, and still leaves those a lot more people uninsured who are actually suffering even more. They're the people who are, who are literally getting medical care and don't have insurance, which means they're not going to get all the coverage, they, all the care they need, and they're likely, if they're not, to, to fall into a huge financial hole with gigantic medical bills. So no, that that did not make up for it, and you're absolutely right. This and this is what's shown this report that this decision to turn down the Medicaid money was disastrous at, at many levels. What we wanted to highlight in this report, which hasn't been reported very well, very very much yet, uh, hopefully it starts to get reported, is that this actually by turning down the money, not only we're harming all those the 92,000 that we're forcing to off of Badger Care, but we're harming. Everyone who's going to buy health insurance on their own on the exchanges because it's going to make rates overall higher for them as well. So it's just another level of pain that's uh, being caused by that decision. Thank you. Thank you. So other questions about the report or about where we are on uh, health care reform? Is, uh, this is Eric Lindquist from the Leader Telegram in Eau Claire. Hi. And I was uh, wondering if you could talk a little bit about how you got the specific data for communities. And, uh, and, and a related question, I guess, is uh, if, if you've gotten information related to how, if people are able to successfully log on to healthcare.gov and more and more people are able to make the system work. Thanks. Sure. So there actually is, and you, when you dig down into the various data released by the federal government uh, with the launch of the exchanges, there is regional data. And so Wisconsin was di was divided into a number of regions, and it's and it's possible to go and look at the uh, price of various plans for each region, and also to, to add them up and get an aggregate number. So we did that, but we'd be happy to share with you links to that data as well. I think it's actually in the report. There's a link in the report under a map of costs that that takes you to the page where you start to get that data, and then we aggregated it. In other words, there's a lot of data for what a what a bronze plan, what a silver plan costs. We we put it together into averages. So that's where the data comes from. As far as healthcare.gov. Um, People have been able to start navigating it more and, and at least looking at some information, but it's still not fully fixed, and we share everyone's concern that it needs to be fixed uh, in the near future. So we certainly are hopeful that the what the president called a tech surge is going to work. I think it's highly unfortunate that we've had this very shaky rollout of healthcare.gov, but we don't doubt that it is technologically possible for to provide to have a health insurance exchange, that it's not... It's complicated, but it's not the hardest thing this country's ever put together. And so, but it, it needs to get fixed um, in the near future. Fortunately, we have till December 15th for people who want January 1st coverage starting January 1st and until March 30, the, the end of March for, for open enrollment in general. So there's still time, but it does need to get fixed soon. It's very unfortunate it started out this way. Great. Thank you. Uh, other questions? Okay, well, thank you very much, everyone, for joining the call. We're available to answer any further follow-up questions. Um, 
you have the report online at citizenactionwi.org. Uh, That's www.citizenactionwi.org. And in addition, I really want to thank Congresswoman Moore for coming on and, and sharing her, her expertise and, and, and her passion for this issue. So thank you very much, Congresswoman. And thank you again for doing the report. We, we, we need uh, information in this battle for common sense. Okay, thank you. Take, take care.